Pastor Thomas Finley is, uh, is an absolute giant in my life. Uh, I think the world of him. In fact, we met at a table, and some of you um, have been around long enough that you've heard me preach, I think, four series or five series on the table practice of Jesus. But there's a reason why I believe in tables. I believe in gathering with people and developing community because it's at tables that lives are transformed. And it's every time you see Jesus gather at a table with somebody, you see lives are transformed. That's why we believe in it at K-First. That's why this week we're, all, we're rolling out a couple new tables. Uh, that's why during our Ephesians series, we're calling it Masterclass. We're going to be rolling out tables. We, and if you want more information, go to our website, go to our app, and learn how you can form one or you can be a part of a table together because it's at tables. Community is made. Friendships are developed and lives are transformed. And that's exactly what happened the first time I met Pastor Thomas Finley. Uh, we met... Um, just halfway between uh, here and Detroit. He pastors in Dearborn and uh, has an amazing church out there. We both have a heart for revitalizing churches. And we met in Jackson and a Panera. And there's just something about being at that table that I knew my life was going to be changed because of this friendship. I don't know if you know that through different phases in life, God will often move friendships out and some friendships in. And there are times that we're holding on to relationships in our lives and not realizing sometimes God is moving some relationships out because he wants to grow something in you that has to be separate from that. And at the same time, many times as God's moving some out, he's moving some in. And those friendships begin to change you. They begin to challenge you. And uh, it seems like, what, a year and a half ago or so when Pastor Thompson and I first met, I knew that this man was going to be an absolute uh, giant in the kingdom of God. He's going to do such an amazing work in our state. And I felt honored to call him my friend. And so we haven't had a guest speaker on a Sunday morning live in a long time. So if you are new with us, what we do is when we welcome guests, we do it as if the Lions just won the Super Bowl. Like, that's, you got to be explosive. I see the Lions jersey. God bless you, my brother. Hey, they're not planted today. That means we won today. So, would you please do a standing ovation, Kafer's welcome from my friend, the giant at five foot nine, Thomas Finley. You can hear me, right? All right. Well, I will say this. Everything he said, I was just blown away. I don't think of myself as a giant. Just this little five-foot-nine guy. Um, but I will say this. You all are blessed. You all have two amazing people that God has placed in this church to lead you all. Pastor Dave and Ann, I mean, they are so humble. I remember when I reached out to Pastor Dave to see if he would just meet with me. And his answer blew me away. Absolutely, right? And from then, everything else was history. When I heard and saw his heart, I was like, man, that is a man of God right there. 
And I want to tell you all this. Please, please, this is Pastor Appreciation Month. Encourage your pastor. Encourage them. Because I'm going to tell you this much. During the pandemic, trust me, we all need encouragement (laughs) during this time. Crazy time. But just want to tell you a little bit about myself before we get into the message. I won't be before you long because I, I was given a short amount of time. And the Lions don't play today. I'm a big Lions fan. I just want you to know. I truly believe in 2020, whether you believe with me or not, I still believe that they can go to the playoffs and pull off something and win the Super Bowl. So that's what I believe. Oh, my. But however, I got six wonderful kids. They're with me here today. I got a hot wife. I always tell her she still got it and I still want it. And so, um, so I am a very blessed man. And so, but I'm even more blessed because I have a father that loves me. I have a father that loves me through my mess. How many people are messed up in here? Raise your hand. I'm messed up. I got my toes up. I, got, I mean, I am messed up. But I have a father that loves me through my mess. And you have a father that loves you through your mess. Don't let the enemy try to steal your joy or tell you something that the word of God says otherwise. You are a child of God. Your father is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God loves you. Let's get into the message. Just say the word. I love this. How many people are people of their word? Raise your hand. How many people have been let down because people told you something and they didn't stick to their word? I love God because God would always stick to his word. Let's um, go to Luke chapter 7. That will be our text today. Luke chapter 7. And I'll be reading out the NIV. And this is the NLT. (laughs) But the NLT says this. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. This was a soldier who was in charge of a hundred soldiers. So he was used to obeying and he was used to being obeyed. But he had a servant that needed a healing. He had a servant that was hurting. He had a servant that he loved. He had a servant that was loyal to him. And so being loyal to him and you had somebody that you love, then you want to make sure that if they have a problem, that that problem can get fixed. And no one can fix this problem but Jesus. So this Gentile went to Jesus, and the first thing he said to him is, I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. But he said this, just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Jesus, you don't even have to come to him. 
Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house because he said I'm not worthy. You, you just say the word, Jesus. I believe your word. Isn't it crazy that this is the word of God and most people in churches, I wouldn't even say most, but a lot of people in churches, we, we, we know what's in here, but do we truly believe what's in here? Because a lot of times we can quote scriptures, but when we walk out here, our lives is not what we just quoted. A lot of times on Sunday, Monday through Saturday, man, we're different than what we are on Sunday. And when we walk out of here, we have to have the same faith when we're encouraged by the man or woman of God who's encouraging us. So he's told Jesus, he said, when no one else had this man's faith, he told Jesus, he said, I just need you to say the word. Just say the word. What word do God need to say for you today? His word was just tell him and he will be healed. That's the only thing I need you to say. You don't need to come. You don't need to do anything. If you just say the word, Jesus, he'll be healed. A lot of us, I tell people this. God can speak to us many different ways. But one way, if you want to hear the voice of God, then I tell people, read the word of God. If you want to hear the voice of God, read the word of God. I'm going to tell you, you don't need cable. Cut the lines to cable. Because in the word, it's a lot of good things. It's drama. It is romance. It's horror in there. It is, I mean, it's, it's cheating, it's lies, it's deception. It's all that great stuff. I mean, it, it, I mean, not great stuff. I'm, I'm I don't mean it like that. Well, you can edit that, all right? Please edit that, Kurt. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, no, but that's why I love the Word of God. If you have a problem or question, you can just go to the word of God and God will give you an answer. So as we see this, let's go to our next scripture here. And I want you to begin to think about this today as we are going through the word of God. I want you to begin to think about what do you want God to do for you? Not only do you, what do you want God to do for you, what word do we have to say to you? God, I need salvation in my family. God, my loved one has been struggling with addiction for this long. I need them to be delivered. That's the word I need to hear, deliverance. I need to hear salvation. I need to hear healing. I, I, I need to hear a, a right relationship or a healed relationship. I need to hear united. That's what I need to hear. Because right now, I'm going to tell you this. Our country is very divided. Our country has been divided for so long. Whether during this pandemic, our country has been divided. Politically, our country has been divided. Racially, our country has been divided. And I tell people this. Racism. People are not born racist, they're taught that way. I don't care who you are, you're taught that way. And I'm gonna tell you this, that's not the heart of God. 
And if we think, I'm going to tell you this much, if we think our churches is going to reflect heaven, because Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. But heaven is not going to look like our churches. Heaven is going to be with different cultures and different races and different ages and everything else. And when we get up there, we're not going to worry about what race is next to us. We're going to be in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we're going to be worshiping and praising him and glorifying his name. Why? Because he deserves it. First point is this. If you just want to be like this servant, and I, and I want to take this soldier, and I want to take this verse and break it down a little bit. And the first part of this verse, if you want God to do something in your life, the first thing we need to do is be humble. That's the first point I want to say. Be humble. If we look at humility, I, I, I talked to my wife and, and I was looking up the definition of humility or humble and it was saying, you know, not being proud, not being rude or arrogant. And I asked my wife, I said, what is your definition of humble? And she gave me this definition. She said, to yield respectfully. To yield respectfully. And we see this even in this soldier when he began to say, um, when we look at this, he asked Jesus, he said this. This was humility. In this verse, he said, I'm not worthy to come and meet you. That was a sign of humility. Jesus, I'm not even worthy. My kind, my people, we're Gentiles. We cannot be with Jewish people because they view us as unclean. But Jesus was like, look, I don't care about the law. I don't care how people view you simply because it's all about relationship with my father and with me. A lot of times we let the issues get in, get in front of the relationship a lot of times. We let because somebody have this sinful life, then I can't associate with them. Do you know that Jesus associated with sinners and because he associated with sinners, life was forever changed. And I'm going to tell you this. We're just like those sinners. All of us, we raised our hands, we're messed up. But we got a father that will turn our mess into a message. And so because of this, this man, he humbled himself. And if it's all about the relationship, and I love how God did it with us, he didn't say, you or you or you or you, you have to take care of this sin problem first. He said, look, let's build this relationship and then let's take care of the sin. Because if we had to take care of the sin before the relationship, none of us will ever be in a relationship with our father. So if he value relationship, why are we not valuing relationships? Why do we let certain issues come in a way of relationships, which God does not intend for that to be? And so if we have the same mindset of Christ, our next verse says this. And um, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, it says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. 
And if we go on, it talks about how he humbled himself, even unto death, how he came down as a servant. A lot of people, how many people in here like to serve others or have a servant's heart? I once read something that said this. It says, we love the ideal of serving until someone treats us like a servant. I, I love the idea of serving, but when you begin to spit on me, when you begin to not appreciate me, when you begin to talk down to me, when you begin not to be thankful for what I'm giving you and doing for you, I don't like it. I don't like it, but yet we want to serve. But Jesus was the ultimate servant. He said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And he was trying to tell his disciples, it doesn't matter if people appreciate you. Because you're not here to please man, but you're here to please God. And that's what we have to keep in our minds when people say crazy things to you. Are you humble enough to yield and say, you know what? I can say something real crazy about right now. I can say something that will hurt your feelings, make you crawl out in a hole, make you um, think twice about ever coming to me saying something else. But you know what? I am going to respectfully yield and not say anything. But what I am going to do as I yield is pray for you. I'm going to get down on my knees because the way you're thinking right now and what you're saying is not glorifying to God. And you call yourself a Christian. People, the church have to be different from the world. We cannot be the same as the world. When the world is not humbling themselves, when the world is cussing you out, or, or we're, you, the other day I heard someone cuss in the church. James tells us how can praise and cursing come out of the same mouth? Church, we have to do better. If we expect to reach the world, we can't be like the world. If you and I expect to be like the world, we can't be like the world. So as we look at this, man, my time is winding down. Ooh. Reset the clock. There you go. I like you, man. Man, I need one of you in my church. As we humble ourselves, that is when we truly worship him. We're trusting him with what's going on in our lives and believing he's provider of um, instead of ourselves. Now, I, I just want to go this. I just, I'm just going to just hit it just a little bit. Um, if we can go to the next verse here. And, and, and um, second um, Chronicles 7.14, the verse says this. It says, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive um, their sins and heal their land. The first thing he began to say to his people, he said, if my people, the first thing he said, if they would what? Humble. 
He didn't tell, he didn't say, I want them to pray first. He didn't say, I want them to seek me first. I don't want you to turn from your wicked ways first. Before you can do any of that, I need you to humble yourselves. Because once you humble yourselves, you will be at a place that you're able to receive. Have you ever heard someone that, that wanted to receive Christ, but that had an attitude? All right, I'll just receive Christ if he want me to. I don't care. And, and they're so prideful. Well, he may or may not. I don't even care. And, and they have this attitude and they're not humble. And if they're not humble, how can they truly receive what God has for them? And so that's what the first thing he began to say. His people, I need my people to yield respectfully. I need my people to humble themselves. And if they begin to do these three things, humble themselves, pray. I mean, if they begin to humble themselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from their wicked ways, then God said, then I can do this. Then I'm able to hear from heaven, forgive, and heal their land. Humble. Humility. We all need it. We need to be humble in times when we don't feel like it. We need to be humble. I mean, if Jesus was humble enough to obey his father and go to the cross and die, why? Because he knew what would happen. He knew that finally we all can have a relationship with him. Because without the shedding of blood, the Bible tells us there is no forgiveness. Our second point is this. If we want God to do something, we see in this soldier's life that he was humble. He said that I'm not worthy enough. The second thing, if we want God to do something in our lives, we have to have faith. This guy had faith. Let's go to the next. This guy had faith. He said this. He said, just say the word from where you are. That's faith right there. Jesus, you don't need to come to my house and touch my servant. I don't need a touch. I just need your word. God has given us his word. God has given us his word. How often do we stand on his word, going throughout the week, standing on his word when the enemy tells you a lie and the enemy tells you something that's not true? How often do we go back to God's word and say, God, that is not true? Remember, the enemy wants to do three things, kill, steal, and destroy. If he can't kill you, he will try to steal something from you. And if he can't steal something from you, he will try to destroy your life, mess it up so bad you wish you was dead. But God says, look, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Man, this life, I'm telling you, I'm so excited. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is powerful because that name saved. The Bible tells us that there is no other way to the Father except through Jesus. There is no other name given to heaven which men shall be saved. And that name is Jesus. That name saves, that name delivers, that name brings you out of something that no one else can bring you out of. That name will always be with you. That name is Jesus. That's such a powerful name. And so, said have faith. 
And when I begin to look at it, if we look at Matthew 14, 28 and 29, that's when, that's when um, Peter was about to walk on the water. And a storm came and, and, and Jesus was, he told them to go ahead because they had just fed the 5,000 and, and he told them to go ahead. He had catch up with them, wanted to get a little relaxation and recharge. And they were off the Bible says about three or four miles. And Jesus began to walk on water. And as he was coming closer, they thought it was a ghost. And Jesus responded to them. And he said this. He said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come on the water. And Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. I can see this playing out. The disciples are in the boat. The waves are hitting the boat. And the waves is, is, is crazy. And it, and it tells me that our circumstances doesn't overpower Jesus because he was walking on the same waves that they were scared of. And he was walking on those waves and, and Peter looked up and the rest of the disciples looked up and he saw Jesus coming and he said, and he was looking at the disciples. He said, hey, John, hey, hey, everybody, look, Thomas. I mean, he was telling everybody, look, look, that's, that go Jesus. And Jesus was just walking. And the great thing I love about this and the faith that Peter had, Peter wasn't asking. He was just, I mean, Peter was just asking to do what Jesus was doing. He didn't ask Jesus to fly out of space or whatever else. He said, Jesus, if you can walk on water, then I want to do it. I want that power. I want that authority. I want to be able to say that because there was only two men in the Bible that's recorded that ever walked on water, and that was Jesus and Peter. Peter had faith to walk out of the boat. He said, Jesus, just tell me that word. Just tell me to come. What is the word that Jesus needs to say to you today? He said, Jesus, just tell me to come. Just tell me to come, Jesus. I'm waiting. Come on, Jesus. And Peter, come on, Jesus, stop playing with me. And Jesus said, come, Peter. Peter put one foot on there. Oh, yeah. He put another one on there. Oh. And looked back at the disciples. And the great thing about all this with Peter's faith is the fact that the disciples could have did it too. And we have people in our lives that don't have the same faith as us. And they wonder why they can't walk on water. They wonder why when they pray for people, they're not healed. They wonder why they are doing things and they're saying, why is this person able to do this and I'm not able to do it? Remember the disciples asked Jesus, they said, increase my faith. And Jesus said, look, it's not about your faith, because if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can tell this mulberry tree to jump in the sea and it will do it. Or you can tell this mountain to do the same thing. 
He wasn't saying that you needed more faith. He said you need to grow your faith. That mustard seed is active and growing. Is your faith active and growing? Peter's faith was. Peter was the only one in the boat, was willing to go out, but the only thing he needed was this word from Jesus to be able to do it. Jesus, just tell me to come. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. I need to hear that word. The last thing is this as we close. Last point. You want God to do something. You want God to say the word. Just like I said, we need to humble ourselves. We need to have faith. And then the last thing is this. Expect results. You got to expect results. If you're humbling yourselves and you having faith, you got to expect results. Because he said this. He said, and my servant will be healed. Not my servant may be healed or should be healed or could be healed. He said, my servant will be healed. So he expected results from Jesus. Are we expecting results today, even in our own lives, when we begin to pray? Because David said this. In Psalms 5.3, he said, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. And in the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. God, in the morning when I wake up, I'm going to lay it all down before you. God, I'm going to expect something. If I come before you, I'm going to wait and expect. And sometimes it may not be the answer that we're looking for. And you know what? That's okay. Because God knows what's good for us. And a lot of times we wait on God and we try to move. We are in such a microwave society. And God is into the marinating business. We want it right away. But God is saying, if I just marinate, you know if you marinate some meat, a steak, some ribs, some chicken, even some vegetables, if you don't like meat, and you begin to marinate those boys, and you put it on the grill, and when you take it off the grill, and it's really juicy, and you cut into it, and you bite into it, and it tastes really good, right? But let's say you just put it, you throw it in the microwave, and you put it on five minutes and you take it out and you try to cut it, it doesn't taste good at all. So David here was expecting results. Are you expecting something from God? This soldier who was a Gentile, he wasn't even a believer. He came to Jesus. He knew his authority. Even though he had authority, he knew Jesus' authority was greater than his. He didn't need a touch. He just need the word. We know in the Bible about the lady who had the issue of blood. She had faith, but she wanted a touch. And she said, Jesus, you don't need to give me a word. I just want to touch you. And when she touched Jesus, Jesus said, who touched me? 
and, and it was a lot of people around him and the disciples are saying, Jesus, you must be crazy. Jesus, we was just joking on the beach when we was walking and we was joking when John had farted and you said, oh, that's not of my father. And you whipped it away towards the other disciples. Jesus, so are you going crazy? Are you sleepy? And Jesus said, the reason why I know is because power left me. When we pray to God, what power are we receiving? When you pray to God, do you feel more powerful or no power at all? Because this lady's life was changed. This soldier who just needed a word from God. God, just say the word. Just say that word. Just say that my mother will be healed. Just say that my kids will be saved. I am not stopping. I am not stopping praying for them every single day. Just as David said, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. The first thing when I get up is, Lord, you will hear my voice. You will not hear my pastor's voice on my behalf. You will not hear my parents' voice on my behalf. You will not hear my brother's voice on my behalf. You will not hear my kid's voice on my behalf. But you will hear my voice, and in the morning, I will be the one that lay my request down, and I will be the one that waits for you. God, you are good. God, you are great. And I just want to encourage everybody here because my time is up. I'm 32 seconds over. I want another one of you, man. We got to talk afterwards. But God wants to do something great right now. Some of us have been struggling with something. I don't know what it is. But some of us haven't even had the faith to truly believe what we have been praying for for years. And God is saying, look. And when I look at this man's life in this one passage, I'm not worthy that was a man with humility. Just say the word. That's a man of faith. And then he said, and my servant will be healed. That's a man that's expecting results. When we come to God today, when we come to God tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and the rest of our lives, when we pray to our Father, let's expect results because he want to give it to us. And when he gave us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, man, do you know how much power and authority you have right now? Let's pray. Just say the word. Lord, need you to say the word, even in my life. Lord, this message is not just for the people that say, okay, first, Lord, this message is for me, Lord. When I preach, I don't preach to them. I preach to myself. 
Lord, knowing that I need to be humble, knowing that I need to have faith, and knowing, Lord, even in my own circumstances and situations, I need to expect something from you. And I need to have faith. When possibilities end, faith begins. When it's no longer possible, when you no longer can do it, faith step in. Because that's when God can get the glory. Lord, I pray that you will speak to hearts. I pray, Lord, that we will never be proud and arrogant before you and even before others. The Bible tells us to have the same mindset of Christ. And having the same mindset of Christ is not having that mind that the world has. Lord, so I pray right now that you will touch each heart and mind in here. Lord, I pray that we will be like this soldier who went on behalf of his servant. Because no one else could touch this situation but Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Say it with some type of authority. Say Jesus. Jesus.